Hey, we're Ramones of the Day, and this is What's Your Game? One, two, three, four! Welcome to Ramones of the Day, the podcast examining every Ramones song alphabetically from 53rd to the word zero. I'm Molly. And I'm Philip. And with us today is very special guest, Matt Nadler, but many of you listening at home might know him as Big Matt, one of the most famous roadies the Ramones ever had. Matt, do you feel that there's some jealousy from other roadies? <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> Other roadies named Matt. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't think that. I happen to be. I was very fortunate though, and um, I was always on the right side of the state, Dee Dee's side. So for some odd reason, I got captured in a lot of pictures, um, which oh, I love. Cool. Because I love that because now you can see my big Jufro, and you can see my guns and all the things <laughs> that I don't have anymore. I just like I just show them to my honey, say, "Hey, look, remember that's who you. That's actually who you're in love with, right that's, here. This is that's the guy you're in love with. Yeah, that's how, that's how it that's is. great. Yeah, that's funny. Um, that's so fun. Uh, well, today, guys, we are discussing the song "What's Your Game," and uh, this song is off of 1977's "Leave Home." Mm. This is going to be their second studio album. Tommy and Tony, Tommy and Tony. I feel like that's like <laughs> we don't we don't beat that dead horse at all. No, but it's it sounds like such a fun sitcom offshoot of their moans that never happened. Like Tommy the two Matts could definitely get their own sitcom, right, yeah. Matt? Don't you oh. think so? <laughs> yeah, we had, and then yeah, greens. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, told you, I told you I wanted to write this story that's actually I wanted to write this sitcom and it was really just my own personal journal but I don't, I don't want to be that guy who writes a book like everyone else um, and my book would be shorter but it would be called The Roadie Less Traveled so why, why don't you want to write a book I feel like you could first of all it's funny because I write for a living I'm an advertising guy who writes you know I wrote things like Nobody Better Lay a Finger on My Butterfinger and uh, wow. you know, that's what I sort of do for a living I I make now it's funny. I always love being behind stage or side stage, and I do the mm. same thing for products now. Um, I used mm. to be in a band called The Immigrants, uh, where I sang and I wrote all my own lyrics. And I was, uh, it's funny, the bass player was Jamaican, the uh, no, the guitar player was Jamaican, the bass player was from Brooklyn, and the drummer was Italian, so I called us The Immigrants. Um, <laughs> and I played CBGBs, and I was terrible. I mean, I was my songs were great, but you know, to be to really, I always when I say terrible, it's like. You need to sing like Joey before you hit the stage. That's how I always view things. And yeah. a lot of these bands who have all the ferocity and all the glory and all the energy and all the greatness in them, to be in a band, some of the guys just can't sing. You know, and yeah. it's like I never really supported that. And it's even when I saw like uh, some of the greatest bands that made so many more millions of dollars than any of the Ramones, they try to do Ramones songs and they fall short. Because you need to feel what Joey felt when he was saying those words. And... I, I don't. I mean, even the guy. I love the. Green, I love Green Day, but the, when they do a Ramon song, it sounds like it's bubblegum pop. Um, <laughs> and the only person I think could come close to, to me, Eddie Better, because I loved his voice or still love his voice so much. He could yeah. do a Ramon song and I think make it work. Metallica was just too metal, right? So they mm. missed some of the nuances of the music that I think the Ramones. I know it's sounds weird to compare the two, but Metallica was pure, pure, pure metal, right? And the Ramones yeah. weren't pure pop. They weren't pure punk. They weren't pure rock. They weren't. They were just as mixed. They were the Ramones. <laughs> they were the Ramones, exactly. And, uh, and I think people that singers forget that you just can't open your mouth and recite a even Bono. See, the thing about Bono, at least Bono has people don't like him anymore, but Bono has a great voice. Yeah, right? he does. And, and people like to make fun of him now because they got so big for the britches and all this crap. But you know, Bono wrote a song about Joey or for Joey and love Joey. Why? Because Joey sang like a freaking angel. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Bono got that, by the way. Uh, I th- I wonder too. So I'm ahead, jacking here, but I, but I, I like this discussion. I like thinking about that thing that like, I've been listening to a bunch of other albums recently besides the Ramones. And that was what? something that really, I know, um, <laughs> so but that was something that, that was something that I missed was it was all sort of related. Like you say, like, like a green day or a harder, a hard rock or punk type thing. But then you realize, I was like, what is missing here? And it's. The musicality, yeah. like that yeah. element, is not always there, and it's. And I wonder sometimes if one of the things I think the Ramones did for the planet is they showed a template of like here's how you could do it. Like you said, the Clash saw them and were like, "We didn't know how we could do it until we saw you," and they were mm-hmm. like, "Okay, I think we can do it." Yeah. Um, but then the secret sauce is what they're doing specifically is really hard to do. So, mm-hmm. like you say, Metallica can do a Metallica thing great, but yeah, it's not 
it's it's it doesn't have the same heart it it's not the same it just feels different and it feels great in one way and it just feels like kind of like oh, i don't know in the other so yeah. yeah i'm glad you brought that i'm glad you brought that up and matt did you hear the uh cover album yes that like a bunch of artists oh, yeah, did totally. with I, I, and, bono and all those yeah, guys all of them. and that was um i wanted to love it because but it's just it's it's i would say i would have to say i think it's been a couple of years since I've actually listened to it, but I've heard a few of the songs. You know, what happens? I watch a lot of you know videos, and a lot of times these songs come up because I have saved them. But I would say eighty percent or almost ninety percent of the songs were not good. I don't think were good renditions of their own songs. Mm-hmm. And at the, I, I, mean, I like, liked about half, I think. Um, and if you want well, to remind I, me which they were, I can tell you which ones immediately. Well, yeah. let's see. Tom <laughs> Waits. I liked Tom Waits, even oh, yeah, though it's right, just his own here. thing. You yeah, know, no, I liked Eddie yeah. Vetter's version. Very well, Eddie good. Vedder, I love totally. Yeah. Um. I can't remember. I think Beat on the Brat Brat was, I think Beat on the Brat was actually you too and I didn't like it. As much as I love Bono's voice, it's like, no, that's not what, that's not how it should be. (laughs) No. It's funny. (laughs) That that earlier thing we said in the previous episode about like all four have to fire, those elements are all there. So like, I keep beating up Metallica for it. They they can handle it. I mean, (laughs) but, uh, but that's their thing is like, they don't wear their lovey-dovey heart on their sleeves. So, they can only do like 53rd and 3rd because that's about like killing a guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but what yeah. made part of what I think made the Ramones special is it was like, yeah, they could sing about killing a guy, but then they'd also like sing this song, the one yeah, that's about like, heartbreak, sounds serious the heartbreak. sweetest thing in the world without losing the edge of, in a few other songs, we're going to talk about killing guys. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's all kind of mixed up together. In the next song, we're going to snort a bunch of glue. <laughs> Yeah, but see, the difference is, and I think you just nailed it, is like, in 53rd and 3rd, and I'm glad you reminded me that's the song they did. I, the reason I didn't like it is because there's a moment in the song when Joey, when the Ramones perform with Dee Dee does, Then I took out my yeah. razor blade, then I did what God forbade, now the cops are after me, but I proved that I'm... I mean, no one hit that bad note, because he yeah. was always like, like, he couldn't really sing, but he felt everything he said. Yeah. And, and except when he did Time Bomb, I guess, but... That no Metallica could totally miss that vibe. Totally miss that vibe in the song. They did like they did a train version. Too of clean. It. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you can't drive it right through the tunnel. I mean, the Ramones were great at. And by the way, people say because and it's funny because I always say it's like the, the Led Zeppelin did this album. The song remains the same, and there's a joke yeah. about the Ramones that every song sounds the same. But if they really, if, if if they weren't next to each other, right, if you will, for forty for twenty five minutes, and you actually listen to the nuances. Other than I don't want to walk around with you and I don't care. Sure, certain songs have the same joke in them, but some of them were really nuanced differently when it came to the vocals. Oh, no. some. I mean, That's we what... talk about it all the time. If you take a song from their first album, their last album, and their middle album and put them all together and listen to them in a row, you wouldn't even think it was the same band. <laughs> yes, I, I love that. I think it's, I I think it's that, that they, they held on, like I said, they held on to what they were, but they also... Like they played music of, forever, and they played music forever, <laughs> but they also like projected themselves so much that I think that that's part of it too. Is that you picture the Ramones, 1977, 1993? It's like it's vaguely the same. It, lo- mm. it all looks the same. So I think people can, if you look, if like say, if you're if not you don't paying dig, attention, yeah, you're if like, you don't dig, like, well, there it is. There's yeah. the same. But when I think of the Beatles, if I think of early Beatles, I think of mop tops and suits. Yeah, and in the end, may, they were all psychedelic yeah, out. But and, that yeah. may help my. Yeah. Differentiation of their style. Sure. Definitely. I don't know. Definitely. I don't know. Um, oh, I gave this a song category. Did we already do a song category? No, no, please. So we're, we're going to go back into a few little facts about <laughs> oh, the song. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Sorry, my um, stickler. No, no. Um, uh, yeah, I gave a song category of love, but I also threw in mental illness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, again, Because you know, she seems crazy? Yeah, she, I think she's <laughs> definitely crazy. And uh, that's probably the kind of girls that these guys like. It's in there. <laughs> uh, I also didn't find an instance of them playing this live. Okay, well, that kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, even though it's so early. It I mean, like do you remember weird. them ever playing this song, Matt? Uh, it's funny. Um, he's got a, so- a few songs about crazy. And I don't know that um, – we'll come back about the crazy woman just because he used the word insane. I don't remember yeah. him yeah. playing in song- live, but they would. Um, they had so many songs. And sometimes, depending on the clubs, they would sometimes have to play – when I say have to because of the money, they play two sets. So they would charge the band, you know, like, okay, everybody, come on in, all you yuppies from, you know, high school or, you know, <laughs> Queens College, come on in. And everyone comes in and they come on in and then they fill the room with whatever it was, 200 people. 
And then, okay, all right, thank you very much. See you later. And then the next act, would, the next they would come, they would play basically two sets, two different crowds, so they can make twice the money, right? They would never uh-huh. just play two sets for the same band, uh, <laughs> for the same audience. It would make no sense and make no money. Um, so I think they could have played it live, but I, I remember, I don't remember certain things. I just don't matter. Like, well, Matt's, yeah, like, but funny. Matt's like a sieve. He remembers everything. I don't remember everything. But I mean, if you look at if you if you look at the song, or you know, this song doesn't really seem. It's almost like a 1960s pop song. This this rendition, and it just doesn't seem like this would fit into their set because their set was so well, know, yeah, like a so, raging yeah. train. Yes, yes, yes. And part of me thinks, and I don't know how deep you want to go yet, but um, and it's funny. I remember yeah. discussing the. I got the song confused, but this was the song I meant to talk about. The oh yes, not the other one. Oh, okay. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, you know, yeah. I wonder when you said. It's funny you said that because yeah, I thought yeah. I was like, I think that comes up later too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, so uh, I apologize, well, but I want to be no, transparent. No, no, that's, that, that's fine. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I want to be transparent. Really like the remote, you know? <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you also you also said, I think the the most prescient thing about this song too is that this is like their love letter to girl group. Yes, totally. Like the Ron Ed. I mean, yes, this yes. sounds like it's yeah. off of a 60s album. Well, that was totally. my, here's my pitch to no one. But there's, so there's, <laughs> Can I hug you guys now? There's Ramones, <laughs> there's Ramones tribute songs and there's, you know, there's Ramones tribute albums and stuff. And I was thinking it would be awesome if they did like a girl group tribute to the Ramones. Where they did all their 1960s-ish songs? Well, they did this, yeah. and they did uh, I, yeah. I Want to Be Your Boyfriend, mm-hmm. and I Want yeah. You Around. And even, Needles even and try, pins Well, even try, oh, like, nice. yeah. like uh, Sheena or Rock and Roll High School. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it was, they kind of had it in there, and I think that's the song, the the singing quality we're kind of talking about with Joey. So, like, I mean, this awesome. song is, like, almost not even rock and roll. Yes, well, no, that's why, I mean, just saying, Joey was, I told you, I yeah. think I said it earlier, he's like, he's Bing Crosby, I mean, this guy can, and I think it's, so here's the thing, this song is loaded, so part of me thinks it could be about the obvious, like, you know, what you, first of all, I think he, somehow I think he, Sweet Mary Jane was definitely a, a lyric from the Stones, so I hate to say that he yeah. was inspired by that, um, and of course, Jane rhymes with insane, so Joey wouldn't do the Stones version, because that's that wouldn't be funny, right? He'd make <laughs> That would not be funny. Well, you know, it's like he wouldn't do Angie. He would never sing Angie. He would sing like <laughs> Angie with your head in your hand. I just chopped yeah. it off. I want to take a stab. You know, that would have to make it funny, right? Or Dee Dee, one of those two. But this feels like it's, um, it feels like it could be about insanity. It could be also that Joey, it's weird because he didn't like phony people. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the reasons he loved Monty so much, and um, I like to think the reason he loved a lot of people so much, and not including Big Mac, but, but whatever, is that we were always very sort of real, like no pretensions, no mm-hmm. look at me, look at me. It was always about what can we do to serve you, if you will. And Monty was beautiful about that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and Monty was very... Um, well, it seems like Monty took a lot of shit, so he must have loved the band, you know, because nobody else would have stuck around. Well, Monty... Yeah, right? Monty, <laughs> Yeah, Monty was a very special person. Um, mm-hmm. To this day, he, you know, he's like, and it's so, it's so, it's so perfect that he works the science fair in uh, Queens. You know, he's like, he's like, that's like Monty's like he's like a Dr. Peabody, you know, Mr. Peabody. <laughs> he's so square. It was, was so, he's so square, but he worked for one of the hippest bands in the world. Yeah, of all like, time. Oh, yeah. of all th- and by the way, they didn't try to be hip. They were just like naturally. They are know, just born that cool. They were, they were, I was, that's. I'm just telling you. They were yeah. born that cool. They never even tried. I mean, no, we Joe, know. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy did have a joke. Have you ever seen it on, on, on social media? Like, I posted this thing once. Where I didn't post it. He invented. It. I just stole it. Which was, um, <laughs> it shows you this picture of all of them smiling, right? Which, including Tommy. Oh back yeah. Then. Yeah. And then it says, and then Tommy, you see the quote, a balloon above it says, "Don't smile." And then they right. cut to the next picture, and it's the same picture, no one's smiling. And Tommy says, "That's better." it's so beautiful because that's we're talking about like you know the whole control over your you know you, who you are as a band right it's like yeah you no know, well, no one can think we're happy <laughs> actually, so so you had said you're in advertising right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so one of the debates that we have so this is good this is like a professional uh, oh, yeah. a professional I'm, we can ask this question me. of yes yeah, mr professional so, one of the, yeah mr professional um yeah, right. well, so it says the, on your business cards anyway the, mr professional um no one of the the things that we've discussed is how important the ramones visual element mm. was mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i kind of flip-flop sometimes and think that 
that was almost as important as the music. So I wondered how you felt about that, Matt. And how well, how important have, oh, do you I think that opinion. visual I have an opinion. I hate Go. to share it, but I will because it's um, you insisted on it. You broke my arm. <laughs> we did <laughs> so ask you. <laughs> one thing I was very surprised at. Um, remember, so when we first, when I first worked for him, it's like, you get to, you know, like I said, Matt and I didn't, who are the who are the Ramones? We didn't care. We were into our own, like, sort of, you know, I was really, I would say romantic rock. And I was always into, you're a great lyricist, you're a great singer, I'm going to love you, right? And um, Matt was Listen, about, little Matt specified that you guys liked Journey, and he's on the record with that. <laughs> Whatever, I don't know. So, sorry, sorry. I like how you're like, I he can't verify. Can either, either confirm nor deny. <laughs> he's on trial here. Yeah, yeah. I actually remember, I liked his voice, but like, no, we love Led Zeppelin. That was our that uh-huh, was actually yeah. our go-to band, and that's the truth. I mean, uh, there was a lot of bands we liked, but Led Zeppelin made us like want to be. I hate to use these words, but one made made us want to be like in a band, right? Yeah. Um, so, and I, and Matt, and I, I can, if you really beg me to like, uh, sing some of our songs to you, of course, I would rather do that with Little Matt on the phone, but that's not the point here. But we Listen, had. Listen, we can book like, you guys together yeah. on another oh, day. Oh, I would huh? love that. We'd come out to LA, just please. I'd love to be out in LA. <laughs> I used to love it out there so much, but anyway. Um, no, I would think that, uh, okay, get, get me back on track here. Where was I? Yeah, the visuals versus... Oh, yeah, so here you go. A couple things. First of yeah. all, Artie, um, God bless him. Artie was, first of all, a great mentor. Taught me how to tune the drums, right? Remember, mm-hmm. I had no idea. How do you tune drums, right? It's like, oh, you take the key, and you put a sanitary pad on it, you make sure it sounds just like the song. And then, and right? I mean, that worked. It actually worked for God knows how long I did it for, right? And I was never yeah. off. I was... Well, the beauty for me is like, I was never off. It's like... <laughs> That's what it was weird. And the only thing I was off on is how I set the drums because Tommy would come in and reset them just to be obnoxious, you know, because like, well, sorry. Because he was, remember, I'm 6'2", 200. Well, back then I was 6'2", and probably 140 pounds. Now I'm 6'2", and 200 pounds. But, you know, he was like, Tommy wasn't a big guy. He was probably 5'4", and like 100 pounds, right? Yeah. But I made sure, like, I just brought in my, like, when I used to always, I was the guy who set Joey's mic, right? And I learned how to gaffer tape the mic. So, because he always had this, he had this, like, what you call this, self brain he had like a pinky with a brain in it and every time he got really whacked out and like really excited about a song he'd press the mic button and the cord would fall out so i learned how to and these are all ultimate truths i i was the one who sort of when i say i it's like i i i right it's like i was the one who realized that oh all i have to do is gaffer tape the that part of the mic with some um folded over gaffers which is weird i know it sounds like but it's technically so we have to ungaffer you just have to spin it off but so it would never happen again. So he could press that freaking button all he wanted to with his pinky. And by the way, he never did it on purpose. It was he, yeah. he was frenetic when he was dancing like a chicken on a hot plate. That was not, <laughs> that was never purposeful, right? That was just him being excited. Right. Yeah, so I had yeah. to make. Uh, so the thing about that is, so I set the mic stand, and I t- the thing is, you just had a and I would I would stand in the middle of the stage, and like they made fun of me, but they got like, oh, when Matt does it, it he didn't come in and say it's too short or too tall because. Joey was mm-hmm. taller than I was, but he slouched when he sang. So you had to be, you had to slouch. The mic had to be set at just the perfect slouch, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, to be quite honest with you, and all these things matter because when the guys hit the stage. They didn't they, stop. They don't, well, no, they didn't want things to be wrong, right? So, yeah, yeah. So I know it sounds like you're, you're slaves to the stuff, but the water bottle had to be where it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Joey, um, um, Johnny's guitar had to be tuned just right. His other guitars, had, his most rights had to be just where they were supposed to be. Joey's monitors had to be set just right where they were supposed to be. As I said, Didi had his mic just right where he could like, so everything was taped. Uh, just, everything was taped. So when they left the stage and came back, we could reset it where the tape marks were. Um, mm. Because the point getting back to what you started this conversation was, John, and this is sort of disappointing to me when I discovered it was, Johnny, everything was, I hate to, uh, this is not really choreographed, mm-hmm. right? When the Ramones stepped back and stepped yeah. forward, that wasn't an accident, right? right? And when I discovered that, it's like, really? It's like, you like, did you just really do that? You know? <laughs> and and it felt like, oh my God, the Ramones are choreographing their moves. <laughs> and it turns out, like, yes, they are. Yeah. What are you gonna do about it, punk? They're a professional band. <laughs> yes. They're pro- no, I, I I have the same. I I know what you're talking about, and I think it's the kind. It, this is. Totally uninformed. Sounds like I'm drunk talk, but no, it's not. No, it's a, uh, but it's it's the thing where like that's sort of the lie that we kind of adopt with rock bands, where it's like, oh, they're just making this up right <laughs> yes, here, yes, yes. but they're not. No one really is. It's they didn't just think of these songs right now. Yeah. 
They may yeah. be excited to play for you, Cleveland, <laughs> but they're just as excited for Springfield. Yeah. <laughs> and, and especially, but as, but particularly to the moves you're talking about, the like the step forward, step back thing, I almost yeah. think of that as like, it sounds weird, but like cinematic moves of like, the hero steps into his light is yeah. almost what it is. And it yeah. has an effect. And they figured out, I was like, look, it's real easy to repeat. It works. Looks cool. Let's just go I with mean, it. I mean, they and definitely understood image. And they, you yes. know, like you said, Matt, like they had a great light show no matter where they were playing. And that's totally. that's part of the magic of them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They, they seem like they're a bunch of weird dudes, you know, just making it by. But they're actually really got their shit together. Yeah. And by the way, those are all the ultimate truths. I mean, uh, and they all had a partake in that. I mean, the the beauty of it was no one could control Joey's moves, right? Yeah. If you if you go back and watch any performance of their moments when they were at the heightened moment in the song, Joey was Joey. Like he didn't have to. Like he would do moves that no one else in the world could do because he his physicality. Yeah. Truly, his, he, only, he bends different. <laughs> it's not actually. It's it's not. It's actually yes. He bends different. He does everything differently because he's Joey. Yeah. Like, he was like ninety, like he's a hundred feet tall. Yeah. And had some strength and weaknesses in certain parts parts of his body. So he did what like when he would take that mic stand and fly it. You know, yeah. if you saw Jagger or who's the guy from Queen that made all the accolades this year, Freddie uh, Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Those guys were in control every moment. Joey, when Joey was in that moment. <laughs> Chicken on a hot plate. He actually wasn't in control, <laughs> right? He on was a just. <laughs> he was actually just being that beautiful. His soul was being taken over by the music, which I actually yeah. give Johnny a lot of credit for, and the and the, and the bass and the drums. Mm -hmm. But he was being possessed by the music. So I actually think that all of that stuff, that all of the purposeful stuff we're talking about, existed. But there was always that ingredient of unknownness that made, I believe, for the road crew at least. Uh, dangerous for people because <laughs> Duty would but purposely play with your yeah. head. That's, oh, that's this, fun. Yeah. I, like I said, if it was, I would have I would have played with them longer if it wasn't for the freaking Japan thing because <laughs> I found it exciting. At the same time, it's like it's funny. It's like you love somebody, but loving them is the worst thing you can do because you want to go make a life with somebody that's going to give back to you, right? If that makes any yeah. sense. You can love them once forever, but totally. they weren't capable of loving you back. But they were capable of appreciating you. But yeah, it was just um, and it was, it was their it was their show. It was their show, and by the way, yeah. as long and I I knew that, but at that age it didn't matter. But I didn't, you know. It's like no, I'm gonna yeah. spend my career, and I don't. By the way, I don't need to be. My thing is like I never need to be center stage, but I want to yeah. be the guy in control of what's happening, and that's what happens as a writer in advertising. You're yeah. writing the words that you know make the you know you get the point here. No, I'm happy for you that you left. It's like you're funny. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness I mean, I, you left. I, well, I, that's I what joke. Matt. That's what that's what little Matt said in those interviews. Was like there comes a point where it's like you just I wanted to be a a real person. Yeah, you know, like you just I, I get it. And I I mean I was never a roadie for a rock band, but both Molly and I did in our in our twenties. We were uh, in improv comedy, and we wow, and, you know it was like you just yeah. but you did you, you know it's it's. It's not traveling as I mean there was some traveling, but it but it's that sort of vaguely bohemian life that then after a while you're like, I don't do I I don't know if I can really keep doing exactly this yeah like this and then you you know that's what that's the life is you reevaluate and you decide well my priorities are here and I'm gonna do that and to be able to move on is healthy I think yeah it's healthy it's yeah totally I I get it it's it's yeah. it's interesting how life is though I mean even the comedians I love that you guys were. Like an improv, improv is like you hear about. Not for nothing, but Philip was one of the best sketch performers and writers no. in town when we when we were when we often, were going. But here we are. Anyway, no, no, hey, listen, just, we're, we're talking talk with Matt Nadler. We're not so. talking about. <laughs> no, I think I that's think awesome. We've... By the way, I think that's awesome, and you should. Here's the thing: it's like it's like it's interesting. Um, I was watching. Uh, Kat, Catherine and I were watching. Is my better half. We were watching. Um. It, it, what was, it, was just, it was just amazing because it was um, it was just a movie that talked about like it's okay it's don't it's the goodness within everybody a lot of people like yourselves and probably some other people I know you know, you're almost afraid to acknowledge it because you're afraid I always felt like God would take it away like if I sat here and bragged mm -hmm. about anything and I think you guys may have the same way I was like just be like we're so blessed and lucky to get to do what we love to do oh totally that if we sit here pounding our chest, God may zap us of that skill. So yeah. I, I, I'm, 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 whatever, whatever this modesty you're feeling, I totally respect it. And I actually respect Aww. you more for it. But don't forget about that, like, 
don't forget about the power that you have inside it. It's so easy to give that power weight to other people. Ooh, don't is, forget about your power, Philip. Don't I forget. I got handled like Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like great. Um, okay, I'm going to bring us back to the song just yeah, for okay. fun. Yeah, um, so, um, okay, Ramon's humming a sickening tune. That This is a blog that's online, and sometimes okay, yeah. I'll go read this guy's <laughs> yeah, yeah. reviews of Ramon's songs, and he had something to say about this song, which is What's Your Game, which is that it was maybe a bit old-fashioned sounding. And in their attempt at something from the 1960s, it just felt a bit stale. Interesting. And I'm wondering, you know, what do you guys think about that? Do you, do you, I, I get what he's saying. And I bet, I mean, I didn't experience it real time in 1977. I was too young. Yeah. Part of me, part of me. Yeah. I'm bragging now. Sorry. Um, uh, we were so young then. Yeah. Oh my, oh my God. It's killing me. Like, I feel like in my tears, but it's like, yeah. I'm like, apparently I'm the old man in the room. No, I'm sorry. My kitties no, love no, me. Though. No, 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 no. But I, uh, so, so, so busty now. You got yeah. No, um, no, I, I can kind of understand what he means. Um, however, given the fact that now it's 40 years ago, mm-hmm. it's closer to those old fashioned things than today's music. So sure. I, I retroactively give it more credence. I huh. kind of like it as, especially like what we're saying that like, this feels a very sincere attempt to do that girl uh, pop thing. It reminds yeah. me a lot of Blondie. And, and like the question Blondie is, stuff. is it too sincere? Is it so sincere that it's maybe stale? Um, I don't think so because it's still got a little menace to it. I read it this last time listening to it as, like, I know who you are, and I know what you're up to. Mm-hmm. You know, I've fallen for it before, and I'm not going to do it again. So, I, I, it, it, no, staleness never came across to hmm. me. What about okay. you, Matt? Do you have any of that? No, my thing is that, <laughs> and this is the guy, this is where I get a little, it's an ornery with people. It's like, huh. there's a great expression, um, which is an old expression, so I didn't invent it, but this idea that, um, you know, uh, they, which I actually don't feel... It's true because my mother was a teacher, but those who can't teach, mm-hmm. I think certain reviewers should just like, um, if they actually, he doesn't know. And first of all, yes, he, I actually agree that, yes, it may be old fashioned, but if you want to see Joey, yes, it's old fashioned, but that's yeah. how Joey was. It's like Joey was singing like Bing Crosby when you had guys like freaking, who's the guy from the Sex Pistols? Um, yeah, John, John, John Linden is like screaming about nothing. I mean, and by the way, yeah. their songs are great. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, God Save the Queen, Holiday, great freaking songs. Yeah. Right? So there's nothing. They actually, whoever wrote the songs and whoever produced that album was amazing. But the Sex Pistols self-destructed. Why? Because they were a bunch of people who were trying to, they're actually pretending to be who they were, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't feel that, like that whole angst. Like that's poor Sid Vicious, the poor kid. He's like, who loved, who worshipped Dee Dee, by the way. If you notice, he wore his bass just like Dee Dee wore yeah. his bass. Mm-hmm. He was just in this band, and he was good-looking and kind of sexy, sexy, and he was like, you know, whatever. But he was he had no clue what he was actually feeling, is my point, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think people have to understand that actually Joey knew what he was feeling. Right? Definitely. And, um, I mean, I think everybody knew that. And also Dee yeah. I mean, that... Totally that guy exactly. felt so much that it was almost yeah. too much yeah. to handle, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> it's probably why he did so many drugs, honestly. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, see, that's the, it's like, there's a great, uh, like, not to talk about other bands, but like, uh, I'm a big fan of Jay-Z and Linkin Park. They did a mashup, and they have one song that they did. Um, unfortunately, Chester killed himself a few years back, but yeah. mm. they did that song, um, Numb, you know? Um, yeah. And that yeah. feeling of numb is like, that's what I think what happens to drives people to do drugs. They feel that they need to, they want to feel numb because of pain they're feeling. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, there's so many things about people that do, I mean, yeah, whatever. But, um, I, so yeah, I don't, I don't, this, I don't, I agree with him that okay. it's old fashioned, but that's not a bad thing, is my point. I'm, I'm not yeah, trying to give his opinion credence. I just no, thought no, it was yeah. an interesting, uh, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. But, but I, I, I think Matt said it well. It was like, yeah, it's old fashioned. That's the point. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the point, kiddo. Um, so, so Matt, what do you feel about this song? I, um, so, I like it. Uh, I think anything, again, Joey couldn't really do wrong by me, but um, the album had, like, the album was, I think, their second album, Leave Home, right? Yeah. Um, and it had so many, ama- and, you know, again, it's like, oh, we're, we're going to name it Leave Home. We're going to name it Leave Home because we're going on tour. So it's like, oh, really? Oh, that's an interesting name. That's really exciting <laughs> and really original. But they were pretty, like, they were pretty honest about everything. So, yeah, it was a great song, but it was it the best song? No, but it was just part of the mix. And 
you know, if you're going to write 100 songs and perform 80 of them in 40 minutes, yeah. you know, not everyone's going to be perfect. Yeah, well, that, that's, you know, actually, Matt, that's something we have to say on this show a lot because we, we also don't want to say anything bad about the Ramones. You know, I almost feel bad when I'm like, I don't think I like this song, but these people made a lot of songs. Not every song is going to be the best. And going back to what we're saying, what he was saying was like, you know, don't be phony. Yeah, right, we, right, we right, say right, what yes. we what, totally I mean, don't be would phony. Think, they would even be like, "There's some that you're yeah. like, well, I don't know." These guys really liked '60s music. I yeah. mean, he, here's the thing about this song specifically is that I don't think it's necessarily my favorite song. Although I do like when Joey gets to croon, you know, in these mm-hmm. earlier decade kind of songs, mm-hmm. but um. I think because they made songs like this is why they're such a great band. They're called a punk band, yeah. but they've got this like Ronettes-like vibe going on this song, you know. And then on the next song, they're gonna jam out on some guitars. Like it's just yeah. that's what made them interesting, quite honestly. I agree. I mean, it's so, kind of weird. So what do you? Oh, go ahead. oh, go ahead, man. No, you. No, I know what you're gonna ask. Am I gonna like it or leave it? Yes, <laughs> or love it. You have love in there too. Uh, no, I'm not gonna love it. Uh, I'm gonna like it. I mean, I I don't want to be a wuss, but I, there's certain songs like, I like I loved, glad to see it go, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I loved, because I can actually sing it and play it in my. I'm probably faking the chords, but I printed out a long time ago. But I love, uh, I remember you. You know, what I mean, there's certain songs that I think that I like. I mean, I, I you know, I'm not here to entertain you unless you beg me to. But it's like, you know, when you hear about, I remember you. And it reminds me when I sing it now, it's like, oh, and no one knows what I do in my own little room, my own little guitar, but it's like, you know, it's such a, like, it's almost pathetically simple, but the way he sings it, it's like an opera. Mm. Right? Yeah. And I feel like I'm singing it for him because I remember you. Ooh, and remember, he's singing you. Like, who can do that with the word you? Yeah. I remember you. Ooh, ooh. I was, I'm, I'm not doing it justice, but you get the point. Yeah. Um, I was entertained. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I like so I think, I think all the songs were great. Um, and, there was nothing wrong with that, but if you, if you ever want a little thrill, um, whenever we hang up, if you go back to the, uh, and I say this with a little bit of pride, you go to Ramon's Rainbow Theater 1977, and you watch that entire show, you'll sort of see Matt and I, I'm, I'm right stage with my big fro, Matt's left stage, but there's there's a moment during California Sun, which I remember clearly, because I like to play with everyone who thinks, like, my honey, look how handsome and how much hair I had back then. Honey. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, you play California Sun, there's a, there's a point where, you know, fans run and jump up on the stage and Matt's going out there to try to get him off the stage. And I run across the stage from Dee Dee's side and help him remove the fans, if you will. And during halftime, I remember halftime, half show or whatever it was. <laughs> this happened a few times during our, my tenure with the Ramones. Johnny would look at me like, and say to Matt and I, what are you guys doing? I said, what are you doing? Why are you pushing our fans off the stage? I said, oh. oh, yeah, he would say, said, and remember, the, the Rainbow Theater was like, had a higher stage so you could, people could actually get hurt. Yeah. But he's yeah. like, those people, <laughs> Johnny was like, Johnny had this like weird thing about him, which was quite amazing, actually. He's like, those people buy our t-shirts. Hmm. They're our fans. You don't want to be hurting them. So he actually cared, this is the thing about the was he cared so much about the fans, and Johnny would probably hide that fact that he cared so much about the fans, and maybe in interviews he admitted it, but that's one of the reasons, that was the power behind the band. It was never really about, it was about the band to each other, but in the end, if you caught them, if you caught them alone, it was about the fans, and they knew that yeah. better than anybody else. And he didn't like, so he basically was telling us, "Don't do that to the fans. Don't push them off the stage." And by the way, if Little Matt and I didn't get him off the stage, we would have heard about it after the show. Yeah. <laughs> right? So there's no there's no easy answer, but I'm just right, saying right, that. Right. The, I mean. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, the 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 radio wasn't playing their music. No, they weren't. No. You know, they weren't getting the chart topping hits they wanted. And so, when the fans still continue to show up, and then they're the, they become the heroes of the Ramones because it doesn't seem like anybody else yeah. is on Team Ramones. <laughs> yes, yeah. So they're excited. That's, by the way, that's they, crazy. How could that be? I know. I know. It's so How insane. I mean, we what talk the? about it all the time. It's kind of like a perfect storm of things that happen to keep the Ramones from. I was even thinking about this song in particular. So the singles on this album were I Remember You was one, Swallow mm-hmm. My Pride, and yeah. they also released Carbona Not Glue. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little surprised it wasn't this one for the fact that it is. it does sound so sweet. And maybe people thought it was – maybe they did think it was too old-fashioned, but mm. the – the, even just that intro guitar strum is so sweet. 
compared to like glad to see you go yeah or, or you know gimme gimme shock treatment or something it's <laughs> Yeah. It's like this is as yeah. This e- song doesn't. Well, this, this is song, as Eagles but, as it gets. But, but, but this song references Mary Jane, which yeah. probably at the time wasn't cool on the radio. You know. I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> because, I don't know. First of all, I don't think. I just don't think. I mean, you you actually just reminded me of it potentially, and I hate to say this was a case back then, but nobody was singing these types of songs back then. It really still was the Led Zeppelin show, the Beatles yeah. show, the Stones show, the Humble Pie show, the Faces show, and I can go on and on. It's like no one was doing like "Glad to See You Go" and "Gimme Gimme Shock Treatment" or I mean "Carbona Not Glue." They made a song called anyway. "Gimme Gimme Shock yeah. Treatment." It's yeah. so Susie, funny. Pinhead, Susie's a headbanger. I mean, yeah. "Swallow My Pride." I think was something to do with the record company, but no one was playing in this space because it was sort of. It was sort of antisocial, and and DJs had sponsors. I mean, it's kind of pathetic the way, and that's why I kind of wish, like, to to this day, my the reason I paid my money for him because I love him, uh, Little Stevens Underground Garage. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. you know, you know, St- Little Stevens, huge fan of the Ramones. Um, Michael DeBar, the DJ, is now you got all these guys on there from you know Patty Smith guitar player, Lenny Kay's on there. So all these DJs have taken over, um, and they love the Ramones. They love all a lot of these bands that couldn't get airplay. But they didn't have these types of stations back there, and uh, and the Ramones never wanted airplay, but they really did. Here's the thing. They wanted to, in the end, you want to be accepted, right? And of this course, yeah. About, they they wanted point. to make money. Right. And they also wanted to be accepted. And even though they write, you like that Pinhead song, right? You would, gaba gaba, we accept you, we accept you, one of us. I mean, that was like, no, we don't actually accept you. <laughs> No one accepted them except for maybe their girlfriends, and even that one turned to go to the other. And then, <laughs> and even then, <laughs> you know. duh. Yeah. I mean, it was just really. Um, I think it's just sad, and um, yeah. you don't want to believe that people were ahead of their time, but I think in some ways, because they're in some ways their music was so um, what's the word? was so I don't want to say Neanderthal, but so simple, mm. right? So you think it wasn't ahead of a time? It's like you think it was actually before its time. But there was something that it's it was elemental. That, it's timeless, you know, honestly. Yeah. And it was a sense of humor, really. If they would have been more like um, mm-hmm. all these sweet little, like if there was all about the love songs, yeah. it wouldn't have worked. It yeah. was this combination that made it work. So yeah. I just know that other bands that, like if you hear the, like Kurt Cobain and even Metallica and even um, Eddie Vedder, they actually talk about, they sing songs about suicide, right? Yeah, but they do it in such a way where what was it, Jeremy? What was it, Metallica? Was Jeremy or that, uh, that was that's Pearl Jam? Yeah, so I think Jeremy was a really sad, psychotic song. Yeah, yes. but it was buried in all of this other stuff, right? So they didn't come out and say psychotherapy, right? So <laughs> <laughs> that's why the Ramones really directed. But I the Ramones did, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, right. So I think that hurt them. I mean, their honesty, mm. I think uh-huh. it hurt them in some weird. Sad, sad way. Yeah, they were very yeah. earnest in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want. I want to say. So I've thought about this a lot. I think I'm a like on this song. Okay. Although I want to say how much I love the intro of this song. Mm-hmm. Like I love Joey's vocals too, mm-hmm. but that opening strum for some reason has gotten me up every time that I've I'm like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this, and the song's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it sounds yeah. all right. Um, but I, I'm a like. Molly, you a like? Or a um, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm a like. I mean, I have no problem with this song. But is it, you know, in if I was going to separate the Ramones songs from mm. their entire canon into these are the half I love and these are the half I could get rid of, you know, even though this is on a great album, it's not one of my yeah. favorite songs. That's fair. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. So you're a like too, Matt? Yes, definitely a like. It. Okay, right. so let's get into MVP. Who who gets <laughs> who gets the award for this song? These are comedic questions yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm um, gonna take a shot. Yeah. What do you think, Philip? Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give it to that guy who sings the song. Sure, Joey Ramone. <laughs> I've heard of him. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay, great. So we got two for Joey. I'll give it to Joey too. Let's get let's what, get a triple, a J. triple J. <laughs> it's just a no brainer. It's a no brainer. It's it's. As much as I praise the guitar, yeah, that's it's his heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I Matt. Remember, but I remember see, like during this during this entire set, um, there are certain songs that it's kind of weird. Like I actually did at the time. I you never really asked the. Here's the thing: the thing about working for the guys, at least it's funny. Like it feels like I worked with them ever, but clearly I didn't. But it was like when you at, you would never ask them 
necessarily like what a song meant. Like I said, when we were off stage, we never really talked about the music, right? Huh. We talked about what your needs were, where we're going next, how was yeah, the audience, yeah. you know, how much money they made with the T-shirts, and um, and I and I kind of feel like interesting enough that Joey, the way he sang, you know, it's like I'm, just, I'm trying to get the tune in my head. I don't know, Swallow my pride, oh yeah. Swallow my pride, oh yeah. If you listen to the way Joey, and I'm not trying to pretend I'm Joey, but probably am for a second. But he sang Swallow My Pride like as if, again, it was an opera. Mm -hmm. and this guy blew my mind because he could do that to a lyric like that. And it's according to what I read once, I think it was about like, they had a sign with the record company, so they did, even though they didn't want to, but they mm -hmm. did. And then Commando about, you know, Didi's fascination with being a, a German kid, although he was born in Texas or something crazy. And like, you know, <laughs> all about being a Nazi or something. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like, and the greatest song, which, and I'm a, you know, I'm a proud Jew, you know, if you will. And uh, the song, Here Today, Gone Tomorrow is like, what a great freaking song they made out of it, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was an anthem you wouldn't necessarily be proud of. But yeah. the band knew how to, I think they knew how to deliver their songs the way they knew how without even thinking about it. Like, this much I yeah. can tell you. They, the only thing that was premeditated about them, I believe, um, was their stage movement. I'm pretty convinced, and I wasn't there for the songwriting, even though it was Little Matt. We weren't really there for that moment. Like, Joey would come to our room when we go to his room. And he had his two string guitar that I think Mickey gave him that he'd write songs on. Um, but you never really saw, you saw a little piece of the process, but you never, and he'd write notes, like his songs on crazy little paper and Didi would do the same thing. Didi was so, such a prolific writer, it was crazy. Yeah. But you never saw the full process. How'd you get from here uh -huh. to here to here, which I think for any band is an amazing process that you'd always want to be a fly on the wall for, yeah. you know? But I think they were, I just think they, the way they did, the, what they did was, very unique to themselves, and I can't tell you exactly what that was, but I knew it started with, sometimes it started with a two notes, a two string guitar with Joey, started with a lyric from Dee Dee, or it started with a, uh, a crazy rhythm from um, uh, from Johnny, or I know that Tommy was really trying to write like a Queen anthem, you know, We Will Rock You, which became sort of gaba gaba hey. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm done. No, that's no. that was well, great. Actually, before you are done, you well, wanted. I have some questions. Oh, you have okay. Before well, we wrap, you have the floor. for Matt. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, it's um, you, the host. Matt, I just wanted to, since we have you live, um, ask you about a couple rumors that came up in some books because we've read all the books. Man, you know, you really put them on. The, yeah, under the well, you here. you can. I know it's so good because you can either just choose not to answer. Or you can give us some awesome answer. <laughs> Um, one of the books states that roadies <laughs> were smuggling drugs in through uh, drum kits over to Europe. That's, that's a pretty huge uh, statement for people making a book. How do you feel about that? Well, so when I was with them, I mean, we didn't have to smuggle anything. Everything was given to us. Um, <laughs> Good answer. We went, no, seriously. I, mean, yeah. I remember, by the way, I remember clearly, and this is what's weird about being a roadie is like, and no one will ever know this because no one really cares, but like we took such pride in our moments, right? So I had my, um, I had a few different drum kits, but my main drum kit, which is the one that held the, um, which one, if you lift up the top, it's really the bass drum kit, right? So you open the drum mm -hmm. kit, drum kit bass, bass, there's a tray on top, right? You pull away, you pull off the tray and inside you have the kick drum and you have cymbals and a couple of legs. And then you have another drum kit that has the snares and the other cymbals and the rack toms. But the main drum kit had this beautiful tray on top. And on that tray, it had bass strings, which really Matt, like I said, Matt really handled the bass and the, the guitar. So those were his, but I carried them in my thing. And I had guitar picks, tons of guitar picks so we could throw them out to the girls if we wanted to have any company that night. Nice. Um, and as well as extra uh, cymbal polish and Every once in a while, yes. Sometimes you have... ever just throw a drumstick at your girlfriend and then she knows that tonight's the night? <laughs> no, no. Well, girlfriends were interesting because girlfriends were like, you had, a, it's funny, like the Marines, you had a different girl in each port. Uh -huh. um, a lot of the band members were married, but sometimes. Oh, had, cut yeah. on tape. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, but it was still a great experience. And um yeah, I'll keep it at that. But you, sometimes you'd have things in your drum kit. And most mm -hmm. of the times, the clubs you played and the fans you had, I mean, we had certain fans um, that were so good to all of us with what the, they supplied us with that you never really had to think about any of that stuff because they wanted to be part of the entourage. And, yeah, um, yeah. That's all. I think we'll just leave it at that. Great, great answer. Good answer. Um, I have one more question to put you, you on the spot. You have time for one more. I have time answer. for one more. Um, in one of the books, and I think it's Mickey Lee's book, it suggested that the early whiff of Johnny and Linda being together came from you guys 
hinting that you had seen them around, and I'm just wondering, did you guys tattle on Johnny and Linda? No, first of all. To Monty? Or like... Or to each other like, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, well, it wasn't, certainly wasn't me. It could have been a little Matt. I just uh-huh. know that. I could, I, well, I'm not going to take any heat for that one. But yeah. I, 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 I just remember that um, like early time I was when I was with them, it was Robin was, you know, Robin loved Joey and Joey, you know, really cared about Robin. Robin uh, was sort of this mensch, if you will, from New York, an artist, a poet in her own right. Um, and she just really was, unfortunately, maybe more of a caretaker than Joey than ended up being what some Linda probably was, which was more of a beautiful, sexy woman, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, people fall in love for different reasons. Sometimes you fall in love with someone's vibe and sometimes you fall in love with someone's look and, you know, uh, how they make you feel and stuff like that. So I can't really speak to what, where Linda, where the, where, where those two happened. I do know this though, and I spoke to Mickey about this quite a few times. And Mickey was, you know, one thing about Mickey is like no one's perfect, but Mickey gets things right. He's a, he's actually a, an incredibly intelligent person, and he said like, here's the thing, everyone could be pissed at Linda, including my brother, for doing what they did, but. Look what happened. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny love, and it's not like... Exactly, and they they stayed together the entire time. Absolutely. I mean, it sucks, but... Well, yeah, it sucks, but look, they're still... I mean, to this day, Linda built them a bronze statue in the house forever. I mean, you you know what I mean? It's like... Definitely. So they loved each other, and um, the the sad thing is that, you know, the sad thing that it happened, and Joey was such a... Joey was probably the biggest romantic in the band, and I think he was... um, I think it just it you know look at the song he wrote wrote for what's her name Maria Baratinova something yeah like Maria Bartino- Bartinova yeah Bartinova is like you know he just was a romantic in his yeah. whole body but I mean it's not know? like Joey never loved again I mean he he yeah. he had girlfriends yeah, after that you know yeah sure no I get it. I think it was just that I think I think it would be like it would sort of be like um it just feels like probably when your friend does that to you, who you think is your friend or your bandmate. Yeah, it, it hurts like, real bad, yeah. Yeah, especially because it's never, it's like, it's in front of you every moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, and by the way, this has happened what, between what, what was it, George, what was it, George Harrison and, uh, was it? Eric Clapton. George Har- and Eric Clapton, exactly. So it, yeah. this is not like it's new to people in the yeah. music world. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but for some reason, this was much more sensitive because George Harrison and Eric Clapton really weren't in the same band. They were just friends, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's... Um, to this day, like Vera, uh, Didi's, you know, wife of yes. many years, wrote a book called Poison Heart. But she, he was, she wasn't the only person Didi was with. But it could have very possibly been that they had that. You know, everyone has their own unique love with one another. Hmm. Absolutely. And I think Vera and Didi had a certain type of power of love and like dysfunction, whatever it is we all have in our own love lives. That, hmm. You know, made it different and more special. And when I say more special to certain people, than it was with somebody else, if you will. I don't know. I don't have you know, Matt, it's so funny because yeah. we've talked to a lot of people in their moans, you know, zeitgeist. And you're, I think, the only one who's talked so much about the emotional, you know, your emotional relationship to the band. Right. And, you know, so, That's I don't good. know, it's been nice to talk to you about that. And Definitely. Uh, Matt, this is a totally uh, vapid question, but what's your sign? Uh, Taurus. You're a Taurus. Okay. No, you, no then, comment on that. Was, I'm also a Taurus, but oh, the, then you get it. So you but definitely. You get it. It's like we're loyal. We're definitely. Like, he, we're hedonists. We're loyal <laughs> to almost to our, right. You know, we're hurting. totally. Like, we're great huggers. Oh, we're great huggers. We're <laughs> great mean, lovers. Yeah. Oh, please do more of that. Do more of that. I love that. How that feels. Yeah, exactly. Um, we love, and it's just it can be wonderful, but it's also that we love love. I mean, we love what makes us feel good about. We love loving other people. We love being loved. And we love chocolate. We love ice cream. We love, it's like, you know, whatever. And But we're also really loyal. We're also very genuine and down to earth, right? We can't, like, Yeah, that's and why knowing like that you're a Taurus, it's actually surprising that you left. Because usually we'll just, you know. Well, like I said, I, I actually wouldn't have left if, if we would have done, I, well, first of all, I would have left eventually. But because my dream was to be like my cousin, you know, Mark Rothman and manage bands. But yeah. I, they didn't do Japan, and I just didn't want to do the States again. It just yeah. it was like, really? Probably seemed like it was, I mean, I was going so over exci- the same. I, mean, I was so excited to do Japan. Like, yeah. cause, and my mom, because of the way she was, she's like, okay, well, if you learn something from it, right? Like, if you get mm-hmm. something out of it, um, it was a long conversation because the truth is once I left the band, I st- you know, I, getting back, like fitting back into society, and I always joke about this with everyone, I actually feel like everybody – I think every single person, not just us, little Matt and I, or whoever engages us, should between high school and college, 
she'd go on the road with a rock band. <laughs> I, I'm Every very mother in America that. is turning their radio off right now, so their children no, can't mean, hear you. <laughs> my, my nephew, who's a brilliant, wonderful young man, he went to Skidmore College. My sister, you know, whatever it is at Skidmore, is like, but he was probably there two years before he should have been. Hmm. Right? Is it, like, you hmm. need college. I believe college is an amazing opportunity for people. And Joey has this great quote about punk, like what does punk really mean? Mm -hmm. And it's not about spitting and being angry and all that other BS. It's about standing for something, being yourself, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, not, and being committed to that moment, who you are, and not being embarrassed or ashamed by it. And I think, I think a lot of people, they don't know that yet about themselves when they mm -hmm. enter college, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think, think that's true. the problem with our culture in general. Like people are forced to go from like, High school or college to marriage to babies. It's like yeah. I was married. I was married later, but then I ended up getting divorced. And later in life, I met the most amazing woman of my life, who is the woman of my dreams. But I wouldn't have. I mean, I wish I would have listened to everyone who said that's the wrong woman for you. But I wasn't. You know, it's like yeah. Um, but I've met now the perfect woman. But look, it took me years to understand who I was, right? Mm. And until you understand who, it's like. You can't, I'm convinced of these little rules. You can't love somebody else until you love yourself. Mm -hmm. And between high school and college, you should not go to, you should never go straight to college mm. unless you know you're going to be a doctor, an accountant, or a lawyer. Yeah. Other than that, there are, uh, you don't need, like, I just find a lot of parents get disappointed or kids get disappointed because they're put in this institution where they're told to grow up and learn something when they're not sure what they want to learn yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's not that I'm right, by the way. I just know that. No, God bless I, my, my mom no, that said, hey, you can I take think, this time yeah. off. I don't think that that's wrong. I, 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 didn't, I, I did go straight to college. But, uh, okay, so this is a weird like rebuttal against your theory and support. No, yeah, so uh, <laughs> so I, I went to college. Great. Um, I met the woman I would eventually marry. Also great. Yeah. Uh, then we graduated and we like did some you know stuff, like bumped around career stuff. And then she realized she had gone uh, into college learning theater and tech stuff like that. And then after a while, after more understanding who she was, she mm. thought, I think I'd rather be a teacher. And she <laughs> and she went back. I know. But, but yeah. But she went back to school and did it. And I and you just reminded me of that where like she went back in there and she's like, man, we didn't take anything seriously. Because uh -huh. I know. Because now I'm here looking at myself in the classroom and like these kids are wasting their time. Whereas now she's in a position where like she knows herself better. She knows what she wants to get out of that class. And she does I it. Think it's, and I it, think it helps. Yeah. Time, it totally time helps. helps. And for me, what was interesting, um, and it's kind of weird, I, this fact that I get to – now I actually never have to write the book because I just – Shared everything with you guys. <laughs> Listen, you can still write the book. No, no, I Make actually don't believe really, <laughs> whatever it is. But it's interesting because you feel about this emotion we're talking about. It's very, it's true about everything we do. When I was first, when I left the Ramones and started booking bands, thinking, okay, I'm going to get an artist like my cousin did, right? We got Willie, mm -hmm. and he's still with Willie. And uh, my other friends managed uh, David Clark Jr., Cheryl Crow, um, and a few other artists that are just like, by the way, none of these artists made it overnight. All these artists work their asses off, and all these artists have to go through their own transition. Mm -hmm. you know? um, but what happens is if the artist is true to you, is really what I'm talking about. If the artist is true to you, like the Ramones were true to Monty, right? they could have fired him anywhere along the lines yeah. and said, no, we need a real road manager who's been doing this for Led Zeppelin or something. But no, Monty got them. They got Monty and all worked out. The, the same thing with the road crew. We need the Led Zeppelin's road crew. But no, they, they, you know, they let us, these pinheads from Queens, they, wanted, <laughs> they actually wanted loyalists, right? We were all very loyal. We were more like family than anything else, right? Yeah. That great song they wrote is uh, sitting here at Queens, eating with Fred Beans, yeah. and all the magazines go up and down Thorazines. We didn't, got no friends. Daddy likes men, which was obviously about Seymour at the time. But, um, <laughs> but, no, but no, by the way, no one knew it at the time, right? Because the beautiful... Um, Seymour and Linda, yeah. great people. Um, but remind me what I was talking about. Oh, so, uh, yeah, remind me. No, you were, you were talking about how, uh, I don't remember, about being a family. No, no, and yeah. About oh, uh, the emotion that comes in that they wanted oh, yeah, people so, who yeah, were so, their family with them. Yeah, right. right. So what happens is when you go through that arc, and even when I was booking bands, I, I, was in, I went from community college, which was a waste, literally a waste of two years, but helped me sort of, get back in front of civilization where like, here's the thing you go from the road of freedom. Right? <laughs> Just think about this. And now like you're expected to sit in the classroom. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, be a nobody. Like, <laughs> be a nobody, which was uh, that uh, you actually got used to that eventually, but sitting in the classroom and watching someone like 
Now remember, class, read two paragraphs tonight, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. And they're writing on the blackboard. It's just like, this is insanity. Like, why am I in this class of micro macroeconomics? Why am I yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. And this is a struggle probably for many kids in the world, not just Matt and Adler at the yeah. time. But so I switched to Brew College in Manhattan, which was journalism and advertising and accounting, but I certainly wasn't going to accounting. So then I was I had an epiphany, epith epiphany, epiphany, epiphany. Um, and I went to the journal. I went to the head of my curriculum, and she said, "I said this is just like crazy. I'm in all these business classes, and I'm going nuts. I need to find something that would make me happy." And she said, "Well, what do you love doing?" And this is the beauty of what my experience with the Ramones, and only I guess you guys will know this because I'm sharing it. But by working for the Ramones, I went on to book bands, right? And I was working with bands like the Propellers, like the Rattlers, like Buddy Love, like um, Buddy Love was also amazing, um, like uh, Madonna, who was actually Emmy at the time. And no one had any real money because we're, you know, we're playing clubs. We're making $60 a, a, a night. Mm -hmm. The band cost me $45. The phone calls cost me $15. So mm -hmm. I, get to pay the ba I get to pay the band $3 a piece, whatever yeah. it is, you know, yeah. which was all an ultimate truth, by the way. Yeah. But what was beautiful about it is like, so I wrote all my own headlines. I made my own posters. Like I would take a picture of Madonna. Well, mm. the band had their own photographs. So I would take this picture and write my own headline like, Madonna, wear her and share her. Or Emmy, wear, her, wear them and share them, whatever. Um, so I would write my own ditties on these posters on these pieces of paper and put them when I had this job at Kaufman and Sons in Manhattan. I Xeroxed the pictures. And then my friend Leslie and I would go out in his van about two in the morning on a Friday and, and you know, you glue them on all the totem poles, right? And mm -hmm. all the light posts and all the mailboxes and all the, all the, all the places you found a spot where other people were doing it. <laughs> and that was just what, by the way, I didn't own that territory. It's wild postings. Wild postings were done by every band in New York City and probably done through every state in America that have yeah. bands like that. So, the teacher said to me, what do you like doing? It was really weird. And I see uh, the head of uh, counselor said to me, and I said, well, I love writing lines on these posters I make for these bands I booked. She goes, oh, that's called a copywriter. <laughs> yeah. And that, like, that moment in time, it was like, it was just, it's like the, Jesus landed and parted the sea. It's just crazy. <laughs> um, and that's really what, so it's interesting how doing one thing led me to do another, which yes. actually I've been doing for 28 years. Since 87. I got into advertising in 87, and I'm still a you know, successful copywriter. I'm a creative director, whatever. That Just give that title as you get older, but I'm still a writer by trade. That's you know? awesome. It that's, is awesome because I'm just saying, I mean, for the yeah. kids out there, it's like, you know. You would have never thought, oh, never. I'm going to do this. Never, ever, ever. So what you're saying, <laughs> Matt, is that the Ramones helped you find your perfect career. Yeah, this is this this is my boy. Like everyone should go to work for a rock band. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know. Hello. Um, well, listen, Matt. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, for talking about the song, what's your game? And uh, can we can we find you on social media? Is that something that you participate in? Or sure, sure. On um, on Facebook, I'm. Uh, it's my name is actually Matt Laguna Nadler. Okay. Okay. Middle name Laguna. On um, Instagram, it's Big Matt. Cool. Ads. And then um, those are the only two places I, uh, I play. And it's what's interesting, one last moment about uh, their logo and the art of the band. Mm. Um, Toro Vega, who left us, I think, a couple of years ago, yeah. just um, he was a really important person. He rode with Matt and I in the truck, like the band would go in the van at the time, and then Artie would ride with us. And he taught us so many things, not just about the music world, because he, you know, he was in Warhol's class. You know, everyone loved Artie. He was a gorgeous young man. He um, he found his way the only way he could, you know. But if you ever see early pictures of him, he was just an amazing artist. And mm -hmm. he, no one knew it at the time, but he was the one who was brilliant enough to find out that hey, I can use the, the I could use the United States Eagle as public domain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like no one could stop him from designing the most probably one of the more famous logos. And I think they named it one of the top, what, 25 or top 50 rock and roll logos in America, in, in history. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then so much so where some people, including himself, had it tattooed on their back. But he brought an aesthetic to the Ramones that I think should should be recognized, which is the light show, the the, the intensity of the fun, quirky T-shirts. Mm -hmm. um, he was never, he never took, he took himself seriously, but he never took a, the idea of what he did seriously. If you ever see some of his art, it was really based in some kind of cultural humor. Mm -hmm. It was never based in preciousness, if you will, because the band, the mm -hmm. one thing the band had about them that everyone should appreciate is that they weren't precious. Yeah, right? definitely. Uh, as much as it's so sad that they all passed away because you'd think that they'd be you know, all made of iron, 
<laughs> unfortunately, they were precious enough to pass away. Yeah. They, their spirit and their, and, and I believe the emotions, like I said, is that's what drove the band. They went, you know, that's why I talk about emotions so much because that's what, that's what they were high on. And that's what I think also in the end killed them. Destroyed them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Matt, for yeah. your, um, you know, insights. Yeah. Depth, depth of insight on these men that we love so much and sharing your experiences with us. Um, you guys rock. Yeah, thanks again, man. And thank you, everybody out there, for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter at Ramones Podcast, and you can find us on Facebook at the Ramones of the Day Podcast. And if you tune in next time, we'll be discussing When I Was Young on Ramones of the Day. 